Hello everybody, this is David Opposed on the Matrix. How are you today? Yeah, it's a Saturday and I'm doing a show on a Saturday and I've come to the conclusion that there's so many things going on, folks. So many things that I'm going to be doing a lot of shows. <laughs> and now that we're doing them live, that's even better. But um, <clears throat> anyway, I was thinking to myself, uh, I've got a very controversial subject tonight and um, I hope that everybody's okay with it. Um, and understand that this is just something that's going through my head, okay? And <clears throat> but it seems to be developing into something that I might be turning into a belief or a, something where I'm looking at the world view of things and or what's going on in the world, so so to speak, and uh, have come to a conclusion. And um, it's not a popular one. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of believers that will not hold the same conclusion that I have because um, they either watch uh, mainstream media or they watch uh, what their pastor says and their pastor has a certain belief and and uh, and and what I'm going to present it might be a little sound a little crazy but you know I, I just want you to listen to it please and and uh, <clears throat> and then uh, mull it through uh, if you need to watch the show two or three times or certain parts of it anyway, I'm going to be showing you videos today, um, and uh, the videos are quite uh, compelling. And uh, <clears throat> it's going to maybe challenge what you what you think about's going on in, in Ukraine. Okay, uh, who's a good guy and who the bad guy is. Okay, and um, I'm telling you, I. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of uh, torn, actually, um, but I'm not. It's hard to explain. Um, so I think without further ado, uh, what I want to do is show you some videos. Uh, I want to show you first that there's uh, uh, well, a video concerning um, child abduction and, uh, and, and, and selling into slavery for, for sex and other things. And um, it's just some lady that's talking about it. Uh, Laura Logan, I think her name is. <clears throat> and then I want to show you a video about um, uh, the um, the bio labs that uh, were are still some of them probably still are going on in Ukraine. And why do they need bio labs over there? Okay, I know I've talked about this, and you know I don't want to beat a dead horse, but. Um, I think that this video explains things really good. And I want to go into the maybe the neo-Nazi, um, <clears throat> the neo-Nazi movement, which is uh, a lot of the Ukrainian government. Okay, now don't go away. At least watch what I got to present. Uh, then we're going to look at uh, some of the atrocities that uh, the deep state is committing in in there. And also, um, <clears throat> I'm going to read. Uh, after we watch the videos, I'm going to read a couple of articles, I mean, maybe three, and um, about uh, the deep state operatives, such as George Soros. Uh, he's the main character in this anyway, um, about what he has to say about uh, Vladimir Putin, what he has to say about Ukraine and other things. Now, remember, this is coming from a man, George Soros, that um, was Jewish, born Jewish, and actually turned against his own people during the war, collecting their clothes, shoes, and, um, and, and gold items and stuff like that. And then uh, saying that he's never, never been remorseful for it, okay? I think that we're dealing with an extreme psychopath when we're talking about George Soros. 
and um, he thinks he's he's God, he's King, but you know what? <laughs> he ain't met the Lord yet, and uh, pardon me, he hasn't met the Lord yet. Let's let's use proper English here, Dave. Um, and uh, when he does, uh, like the Scripture says, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Um, so uh, I think I'll start out by, I found a very interesting scripture, okay? And I want to run something by you real quick with this scripture, and then we'll go into the other stuff, okay? The scriptures in Daniel, I love the book of Daniel, I really do. It's it's kind of like the Old Testament book of Revelation. Uh, and it. And a lot of the things that happen in Daniel are mirrored in Revelation too, and and I think that um, that Daniel is actually one of the characters that plays in the in the book of Revelation too, because uh, he, he talks about constantly a man that comes up to him and hands him stuff and everything. And um, anyway, that's that's for you to research and for maybe us to do a show on at a later time. But if I go to Daniel real quick, um, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel's chapter 2, 7, and 9 are very, very interesting chapters. I think 12 is another one. Um, and uh, Daniel uh, it had just got done um, uh, interpreting a dream that, uh, that Nebuchadnezzar had, okay? And, uh, okay, so anyway... Um, I'm sorry, I got a lot of things going on the screen here at the same time, folks. So, all right, now he's talking about this vision that uh, that Nebuchadnezzar had, and he's interpreting it for him, and he interprets it. Um, and uh, so, let's uh, kind of look at this. Um, hmm, I'm gonna try to figure out where to start here. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. I got to start up here, folks. I, I can't start in the middle of something or you won't understand at all. I mean, you probably, you probably wouldn't understand anything, but... Um, okay. Okay, then, then I would know that the truth... That the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse and from all others, exceeding, exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass which devoured, break into pieces, and stamped the, res the residue with his feet. In other words, this is what he does to the nations of the world, okay? And we're, we're not talking about Yeshua. We're talking about the Antichrist here, Anti-Messiah. Um, and the ten horns that were on his head, or in his, ten horns that were in his head, and of the others which came up, and before whom the, the three fell, even that of that, excuse me, duh, Okay, and the ten horns that were in his head. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to switch to New King James. Okay, let us let me do that because I, I normally don't do this because I I like the King James. But, you know, when I'm, when I'm reading it by myself, I'm okay. But when uh, I'm going to read it out loud online, you know, I really have to. Uh, okay. All right, so let's see. 719, and then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured, broke into pieces, and trampled the residue with its feet. And the ten horns that were on his its head, <clears throat> and the other horn which came up, before which 
three fell, namely namely that horn which had three eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. Now, that seems to say to me that um, it's talking about, uh, let's see, you're talking about ten horns, but three of them fell. Okay, that's it. That's interesting because it plays it plays in down here um, when we read a little further. Okay, let's see. Three of his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. And this is the same thing in Revelation. Um, until the ancient of days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Then he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms. That's interesting, okay? Um, we'll have to see why. I really don't know why. We'll have to see. It's going to be different from all other kingdoms. And it shall devour the whole earth and trample it and break it into pieces. Now, here's this key scripture I want to read here. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. And another shall arise after them. He shall be different than the first ones and shall subdue three kings. Okay, shall subdue three kings. So what I'm getting out of this is that there there are, um, and maybe you're getting the same thing. Um, is that there's going to be ten kingdoms, okay? Um, the ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. So the ten kings are going to be part of a, a, like a master kingdom, let's put it that way. You know, like uh, uh, like ten lug nuts on one wheel, okay? Uh, for lack of better terms. Uh, <clears throat> and it says, and he shall rise after them, which means he'll come to power after the ten kings are, are in this kingdom. And he shall be different from the first ones, which could mean a many, many things. What, the first kings or the first kingdoms or what? Or, the you know, the first uh, four kingdoms that Nebuchadnezzar saw in a dream. We don't know. And he shall subdue three kings. That means three kings are going to be kind of um, not living up to par, according to the Antichrist or Anti-Messiah. They're going to be rebellious, maybe, and he's going to have to subdue them. Okay. With that in mind, I think those three kings are the United States, Russia, and China, the three superpowers, okay? And you could say Russia's not a superpower, but you know what? <laughs> Any country that's got the nukes that Russia has is a, is a, is a, um, is a superpower, okay? <laughs> um, and China, likewise. So... You'll notice that uh, if if you read or if you read anything about all the stuff that's going on, you're going to see that um, Premier um, <clears throat> Xi of of China is very against the New World Order. Okay, his country's just coming into capitalism, and they want to be capitalists. They want to be sovereign. Okay, not part of some one world order. And um, and Russia has been fighting the one world order too. There's a reason, and we'll see tonight, why the world hates Russia. Okay, the world hates Russia because it, it's been conditioned to hate Russia through the news media mostly, but through de uh, Democrats, through bureaucrats, and, uh, and others of uh, high office. Uh, we see um, our, the president, not our president, the president um, of the U.S. now uh, constantly saying stuff about Russia, 
blaming them for things that they haven't haven't done, but um, perhaps the United States has done. And it's it's funny because we're going to watch a video where this one woman is going to say that Russia uh, it does things and then blames other people for doing it. And they, she says that's a classic move that the Russians have always made. Well, it seems to me that the Democrats, the liberals, the progressives, the communists, whatever you want to call them, they're all the same thing. Um, they're guilty of that, too. They do stuff and then blame. How many times has Trump been blamed for something that, that Biden did or something that Obama did or whatever, you know? If it's okay, if it's something that's good for the for the people or especially for good for the Democrats, uh, man, they, oh, yeah, Biden did it or Obama did it. Uh, but if it's something bad, it's Trump's fault, you know, and it, it's to the point of lunacy now. Okay. So I just wanted to run that scripture by you and uh, and tell you what I think about those three countries, uh, China, the United States, and Russia. Okay. Um, now... Let's uh, let's watch some videos, okay? And um, the first one I'm going to start out with is uh, this Lara gal and uh, Lara gal, and she uh, talks about children how they disappear and stuff like that. And then after that, we'll go into uh, the truth about the bio labs, and then a video about how uh, neo Nazism has always been in Ukraine and is uh, rising, raising its ugly head again. And then how the Obama administration, another one about the Obama administration, how it sold out uh, Ukraine. And um, and finally, there's a, a short one with a Russian soldier that talks about a discovery that he made, a very gruesome discovery. So um, anyway, so let's start with Lara and or Lara and uh, and go from there and uh, hopscotch through these videos. OK, here we go. It's the first one. Don't, don't care what Newsmax says and does at all, not one bit. But going to what I actually said, the reason I believe that people reacted that way is it's all about the children. The question they don't want us asking is where are all the missing children? What happens to these children? How can hundreds of thousands of kids go missing in the United States every year and nobody knows where they are? They just vanish? I don't think so. I mean, between facial recognition software, voice recognition software, and all the different ways to track people, how can we in this day and age not be able to find them? How can uh, hundreds of thousands of children have disappeared from the uh, records of CPS? You know, how can our Child Protective Services, you speak to anybody in the trafficking industry, and they will tell you that CPS is involved. I'm working right now investigating a case where CPS has been involved with this trafficker for more than 20 years, okay? Targeting single mothers, taking them into courtrooms, taking their children from them, and using their children for, uh, you know, for pedophiles, for sex rings, for... Um, child porn, for snuff videos, and so on. You listen to Yako Boyens, who is one of the leading voices in the counter-trafficking movement, right? Because a lot of those organizations can't be trusted. But people like Yako Boyens, they can be trusted. And they will tell you that the United States is the number one destination in the world for sex trafficking, that every sex trafficking ring worldwide knows bring the kids to the United States, that this administration 
is participating in the trafficking of kids because they're paying uh, companies, LLCs and nonprofits and church groups, they're paying them to take these kids and yep. disappear them. And I mean, I interviewed a guy who worked in Homeland Security investigations for decades, and he was at a contractor. And he said, we're being paid millions of dollars. I'm carrying kids to the ER. They've got broken bones. They've got COVID. They've got all kinds of illnesses. We, we clean them up and we put a Band-Aid on the problem. We go back and we get rid of them. They don't do checks. They hand them over to people. They could be sex offenders. They could be, uh, I mean, uh, hardened criminals. They could be illegal. They could be anything. And nobody even checks. They just get rid of these kids as fast as they can. And when it comes, you know, Politico, USA Today, I mean, a, a gazillion mainstream uh, outlets, including the report that you showed, have talked about the blood of young children being the secret to anti-aging. And why does nobody ask, where does the blood come from? How do you get the blood of young children? And does it matter if the children are younger and younger and younger? So now you're talking, are you talking about the blood of babies now? Is that what you're talking about? No, we're fine doing articles that say, use the blood of, of young children to reverse aging. Or Yuval Noah Harari believes in transhumanism and that we will ascend to be gods and that most of the planet will be useless eaters and we don't yeah. need. But wait a minute, no journalist follows up and says, whose blood? Where do you get it? How much does it take? And how do you get the blood of babies? Or to Yuval Noah Harari, wait a minute, you're talking about genocide. You know, how do you, what, what do you mean the yeah. whole of Africa? The whole of India just about are going to be completely have no meaning to their lives and they're going to be totally worthless. What does it mean when you say this? Pretty interesting, huh, folks? Good questions. I know I've wondered that several times, even before we all this child trafficking stuff came out in the open. You know, it's like, where they all go? Um, you know, part of it, I think, you know, now this is way out there, uh, probably to some of you, but. I think some of it uh, has to do with alien abduction too, and uh, they're used for um, for implantation and stuff like that, especially the older ones. But um, you know, the younger ones, I, I do believe, are being trafficked. And uh, anyway, so let's look at this uh, second video, and it's going to talk about um, oh, what did I say? <laughs> I was going to talk about biolabs, the truth about biolabs in Ukraine. Now, let's talk about this for a second, shall we? All right. Everybody's all, Russia bad, Russia bad. They're, they attacked Ukraine. Why? Why did they attack Ukraine? Well, the reason that was first given was the eastern portion of Ukraine that butts up against Russia. There are a lot of Russian, um, ethnic Russians living there. And uh, the story that we hear is that the ethnic Russians were being um, persecuted by the uh, Ukrainians. Uh, the Ukrainians have a big chip on their shoulder. I think it goes back before communism, but the main thing I think that they have right now on their shoulders, a big chip, is that uh, you know they were absorbed into the Soviet Union and they were, weren't free for about 70 or No, it was after Yalta. They weren't free after uh, World War II. Uh, not free like we are, or we think we are. Um, so... <clears throat> That's the that's the reason we were given, you know, that uh, the ethnic cleansing um, and the um, the uh, Russian ethnic people were being uh, persecuted by the Ukrainian people, and uh, but 
now it's coming out slowly but surely and i've received a lot of flack from this because i i don't believe all the the poor ukraine thing and everything like that i i think ukraine's been a pretty crappy place to to be and it's been a um uh it hasn't benefited the world much let's put it that way i think there's been a lot of uh child trafficking there's uh in these labs that we're going to be watching now um some people might say well you know big deal there's there's a bio lab or or one or two or three but i think there's more like uh in the 30s <laughs> just in ukraine and they're all over eastern europe um i mean the smaller countries the um the baltic countries and um let's see they um <laughs> sorry i lost my train of thought so yeah let's let's use the scenario here okay um let's say that the canadians decided to start building bio labs and we didn't like that because uh, there's a chance that you know they could create something that could come into this country and kill a lot of people okay and they say ah you know what the hell with you you know we're just going to build them anyway um <clears throat> and then they built the second one and then they start building them all along the border of the united states and canada okay in canada but on that border or near it and um so finally we we realized hey this is it's not going to do anybody good okay um and so we we since they ignored us and we decided when we told them that we didn't like it we don't want them there you know they just ignored it in this scenario and uh so we send the, the military up there to take them out okay uh, now, if we did that, everybody, hey, hey, hooray, hooray, our military took us thing. But the Russians go in to take them out, and all of a sudden, the Russians are evil, the evil Russian. You know, Putin's the Antichrist, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> okay, so what's good for us is not good for them, and what's bad for them is good for us. And that's not the way it works, folks. I'm sorry, but it isn't. And um, that's the, the, the uh, scenario I like to use when I'm, I'm talking about this, you know. And um, so then there's the 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 um, the thought and uh, actually the the fact that a lot of child trafficking it's uh, it's known uh, by most Europeans actually that uh, that Ukraine is the hub of child uh, child trafficking in in Europe. Uh, a lot of people go there. They, they take the children there, and then uh, they're farmed out to different countries or sold to different leaders and stuff like that. And um, it's just a bad scene. So, um, knowing that three kings are going to be, are going to not want to join up with the rest of the other kings, okay, and that big hub of kings, the ten to ten, ten kings, excuse me, um, and they're probably and most likely, and I I do believe that they're going to be rebellious against the the world order uh, or the antichrist. Uh, same difference, um, and. The Antichrist isn't going to like that, and he's going to have to take them back, and they'll probably take them out by destroying them. So, again, we have maybe a bleak future for the United States, but also for Russia and China. But we know that China's still around. Uh, we know that Russia's still around, too, because they're supposedly Magog, uh, of the Gaga Magog uh, thing that comes down and attacks Israel. Uh, and the Chinese we know because uh, the 200 million man army that's going to come across the, the Euphrates and uh, and then uh, attack Israel. Okay, so 
just because the Bible doesn't mention the United States uh, by name doesn't mean it won't be here. Uh, there's a prophecy in the uh, Ezekiel 37, thir- oh, excuse me, 38, 39 scenario, uh, the war, that says that um, Yahweh will send fire on Gog and on those who live safely in the coastlands. I can't think of a place like that's more safer than the United States and Canada and Mexico and actually all of uh, all of the Western Hemisphere, but the main player here would probably be the United States and maybe Canada, I don't know. But um, anyway, so that's that's why I feel that the um, that United States is going to be here for at least some time during this whole period that's going to happen, okay? All right, <clears throat> so... Uh, the bioweapons. Okay, so I, I think I described the way I feel and the way I think pretty good. And um, so what I'm going to do now is let's watch this video about biolabs, all right? And uh, it's it's not a short video, but it's not a real long one either. So uh, here we go. After the Russians secured Pentagon-run biolabs in Ukraine, the U.S. Embassy was caught deleting proof of this from their website. And when the Russians shared documents showing the Ukrainian Minister of Health ordering employees of these biolabs to destroy all deadly pathogens, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio asked the U.S. State Department if there was any truth to this. Undersecretary Victoria Newland not only confirmed the presence of the labs, but confirmed that they contain weaponized biological agents that they now fear the Russians will indiscriminately use to start a world war. The Pentagon calls them bio-research labs and containment labs and claim their clandestine operation is all somehow in self-defense. But they are admittedly creating and storing weaponized biological material. And so these biolabs are in violation of Article 1 of the Prohibition on Biological Weapons. During the past couple years, citizens of the world have been getting an advanced education on bioweapons. And the very same crooks we see foisting the Great Reset medical tyranny are involved in the Ukrainian bioweapons labs. This is all being paid for with tax dollars through the Pentagon's Defense Threat Reduction Agency, the DTRA. U.S. company Black & Veatch has been working closely with the DTRA building bioweapons labs since 2003. Black & Veatch share an office in Kiev with Metabiota, who signed an $18.4 million contract with Black & Veatch in 2014. Metabiota got their start in 2015 with funding from Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, who gave Metabiota $30 million to help protect the world from the spread of epidemics. This is the very same Rosemont Seneca that was mysteriously wired $3.5 million from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. And the very same Metabiota partnered with Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance, the group that Dr. Fauci used to funnel money to the Wuhan lab for gain-of-function research in 2014. In 2014, Metabiota, EcoHealth Alliance, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology 
were together researching infectious diseases deriving from Chinese bats. Metabiota is working with known CIA front InQtel. It is funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, the NIH, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Google, and the National Geographic Society. Metabiota's founder, Nathan Wolf, sits on the board of EcoHealth Alliance and is a member of DARPA's Defense Science Research Council. In 2012, he wrote a book titled The Viral Storm, The Dawn of a New Pandemic Age, wherein he thanked his friends, pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and biotech venture capitalist Boris Nikolic. Boris Nikolic was named Jeffrey Epstein's successor executor upon his death. Wolf has also been seen hanging out with Ghislaine Maxwell on multiple occasions. He is also one of Klaus Schwab's young global leaders, trained on how to enact the Great Reset Agenda being directed by the World Economic Forum. Russia claims the Pentagon has over 30 biolabs in the Ukraine alone. China claims they are operating 336 biolabs in 30 different countries. And now, members of our corrupt U.S. government are saying this is all a Russian conspiracy and that we should soon expect a false flag attack from Russia. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, that's the end of that one, folks. It goes into other stuff, but it doesn't pertain to what we're talking about tonight. There's that, that woman that was talking, and she said that it's Russian technique to uh, do something and blame the other guy. Um, like I said, it's uh, they must uh, the Democratic Party and uh, the liberals in this country must have uh, adopted that because they do that all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh, the pot calling the kettle black, for goodness sakes. You know, it's uh, how they could st- sit there and do that. And, um, you know, with a, without smiling or something like that, you know, it's just uh, the gall and the unmitigated gall that they have to do something like that. It's just totally blows my mind. And, um, again, it's all Trump's fault, according to them, right? Okay, so let us watch a video now that talks about um, the neo-Nazi uh, rising movement in uh, the Ukraine and how they've basically been there the whole time and how the Ukrainian people, um, a lot of them today, embrace what was done um, in Ukraine and through uh, in Germany, uh, <laughs> embrace it and uh, applaud it. So uh, it's not a... <laughs> It's like uh, the, the Germany of the 21st century, this country is, it seems like. So, uh, talking about the Ukraine. So, let's watch this video. It's, it's quite interesting. So, here we go. For Ukrainian nationalists, January 1st is one of the most important days in their calendar. It marks the birth of Stepan Bandera. This BBC report is nine years old. It contrasts sharply with reporting now. 
Back then, Western media wasn't censored to the degree it is now. But for many in Ukraine and abroad, Bandera's legacy is controversial. His group, the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists, sided with Nazi German forces before breaking with them later in the war. Western historians also say that his followers carried out massacres of Polish and Jewish civilians. Protesters marched amidst a river of torches and signs saying, Ukraine above all else. In the nine years since, these nationalists and their ideology would go on to infect almost every facet of Ukrainian government and life. This ideology would bring the world the closest it has been to World War III. What should NATO do? Eliminate the possibility of Russia using nuclear weapons. We need preventive strikes so they know what will happen to them if they use nukes and not the other way around. History repeats. Ukrainian nationalists have, have always been used as a tool. Fanatics given guns and money and in order to sow chaos for a hundred years. Then it was the Ukrainian military organization, headquartered in Berlin, funded by the German military intelligence and ordered to stage acts of terror against Poles and Russians. Its leader, Evgeny Konovalets, was, if anything, frank. Preparations for the Holy Crusade against the Soviet Union will intensify. There must be terror, our German friends tell us, not as a goal, but as a tool to control the masses. Later, they became the organization of Ukrainian nationalists, supported and trained by Hitler's Nazi Germany and Mussolini's fascist Italy. They murdered hundreds of thousands of Poles and Russians and Jews. They, too, chanted, glory to Ukraine. The Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists under Stepan Bandera leads not only the struggle for independence of Ukraine, but for the collapse and destruction of the Moscow Empire. Fast forward to today. Torchlit marches across the country. Nazi collaborators hailed as, as national heroes. Zelensky's own bodyguards wear Hitler's SS Galizia division emblems. They are just as brutal as their predecessors. Social media has been flooded, showing nationalist brutality, execution of pro-Russian civilians, soldiers gouging out prisoners' eyes, and even worse. Armed to the teeth with NATO weapons and existing entirely on Western funding, just like old times. The Russian Federation will be demolished in the form that it is now in. In the summer, we will see a very different picture on the front lines and in other areas. We will see what lands will belong to whom after the war. This is the West's modus operandi. Whether it's the Gestapo, the British intelligence, or, or America's CIA, they have always used fanatics and extremists, sometimes without their knowledge. Take 
the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. It was born in the pits of U.S. prisons and camps in Iraq. Extremists had freedom to educate the young detainees. I saw them giving courses using classroom boards on how to use explosives, weapons, and how to become suicide bombers. For the Americans, we felt it was normal. They did not stop them. Radicalization was open and permitted, say detainees. Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the man who essentially established ISIS in its monstrous form, did so under the watch of U.S. guards. Almost all of ISIS's top leadership met and radicalized at Camp Bukha. It wasn't a prison. It was, it was a, a camp where uh, CIA uh, uh, succeeded in preparing the first, uh, first line of leaders uh, for ISIS. It is just a place to organize those groups and to be ready to get in to fight uh, against Syria or another places uh, CIA needs to send them. These groups are not, don't have the ability or uh, there's there's no way for them to be alone in this area. They need the supporting from the outside. Whether by negligence or design, the United States unleashed on the world a pestilence that killed hundreds of thousands and traumatized tens of millions. wasn't just turning a blind eye. Vast amounts of U.S. and British-supplied weaponry ended up in the hands of ISIS. An ISIS propaganda video from Yemen showed fighters with weapons and munitions that were recently purchased by a U.S. Army contractor and destined for Afghanistan. A Bulgarian journalist tracked how these arms got there and concluded that it would have been virtually impossible without the Pentagon's knowledge. As I said before, the U.S. is behind establishing terrorist organizations. It is known to the world that the CIA confessed that al-Qaeda was created by the American intelligence agency. Also in Iraq, ISIS was created in the presence of the American and British troops who had invaded. There is an American project based on terrorist groups to destabilize the region and reform it to serve the known American Zionist project of dividing the region to empower the Israeli control and achieve the American and Western interests in the region. The fact is, ISIS divided Syria. It seized the oil-rich east, which is now occupied by U.S. troops. Oil has been denied to the Syrian government and is instead pumped out and sold with American oversight. The winner is clear. And now Russia fears surviving ISIS fighters are being directed to a new theater of war. Amid the backdrop of a military defeat in Syria and Iraq, ISIL is transporting forces elsewhere, namely to Afghanistan. The United States is interested in sparking new conflicts in Central Asia to realize its own geopolitical goals and is actively complicit in this process. Named the Islamic State of Khorasan province, they appeared in Afghanistan out of nowhere, quickly growing in power and waging a campaign of bloodshed as senseless as it was brutal.
Hamid Karzai, who served as president of Afghanistan for 12 years during the U.S. occupation, believes firmly that the U.S. and the Islamic State's appearance are linked. You have said, quote, I do not differentiate at all between Daesh and America. You've said ISIL is, quote, a U.S. tool and that unmarked military helicopters are supplying ISIL in Afghanistan. Do you have even a shred of evidence for what are pretty controversial and inflammatory claims? <clears throat> the evidence is, sir, in the fact that they are there, in spite of the U.S. presence in Afghanistan to fight extremism. Extremism is a tool in the hands of the United States. They did it when we were fighting the Soviets, the same tool. They're using it in a bigger way now today. But the United States is gone, defeated by an organization that for two decades they try to malign and destroy. It falls now to the Taliban to fight America's veritable creation. The infidel group ISIL has absolutely no roots in Afghan society. You can't find any evidence of such kind of ideology in our history. Unfortunately, some people have become part of the organization in recent years in some parts of our country. As you know, the Taliban government took immediate action. We completely destroyed their stronghold in Zabul. Our helicopters hit them in Jauzjan, and we attacked them in Kunar and Jalalabad. Many of them were killed in our military operations in different parts of the country. The Taliban wages war on the Islamic State Khorasan all but alone. As was Syria, Afghanistan is crippled by American sanctions. It makes the fight so much harder. Poverty and hunger caused by sanctions only serve to aid ISIS-K and intensify suffering among civilians. The United States understands this. Well, the infidel terrorist group ISIS has been financed and used by other countries for their interests. By malicious political design, the United States is using anti-Taliban forces to destabilize Kabul for an opportunity to interfere again. No doubt their withdrawal from Afghanistan after two decades of war was a humiliation for them. Now they have no choice but to organize opponents of the Taliban government. No group would be able to execute such big attacks without huge financial and political support from abroad. We know there are a few countries that have recruited, trained, financed and then sent them here to fight against the government. Of course, ISIS is one of these organizations. Whatever America's aims in Afghanistan, be it revenge on the Taliban for an embarrassing defeat or a desire to deny the area to Chinese or Russian projects, it is facing pushback. The Taliban understands well how deadly this threat is and is likely getting help. Constructive relations between Russia's Federal Security Service and our international partners in Central Asia are helping to uncover and thwart terrorist activity. Be it the Islamic State in Afghanistan or ultranationalists in Ukraine, whether they know it or not, they are tools age-old tools in a war hundreds of years old between the West and the East. A war waged by the West in the name of decency and humanity, but that hides an absolute disregard for life and suffering.
Morad Gazdiev, RT. I'm telling you, folks, you watch this stuff and it makes you, I don't know, makes you sad almost that uh, our tax dollars go into doing stuff like this and and uh, and funding terrorists and uh, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the Ukrainians are. <laughs> um, they're terrorists uh, and they're, they're just, uh, they're fighting a war they're probably not going to win, first of all. And second of all, um, they, uh, they're Nazis, okay? Not everybody, okay? Not everybody, but uh, did you see the streets, how they were lined with people with torches? You know, it's like a whole city coming out and and, uh, and celebrating uh, a Nazi. <laughs> you know, it's... Or a fascist, I guess you want to put it. I don't know if he was an actual Nazi, but uh, definitely a fascist. And uh, not good news. And, uh, and Joe Biden is and his cronies are supporting these people. And and after a little while, I'm, I'm sure of it that American troops are going to be on the ground in Ukraine fighting. And I just, this is not good, folks. This is not good at all. We got a, a mentally unstable president. Uh, that's not with us half the time, you know, I'm talking about here, and uh, doesn't know whether to, to wind his, his butt or scratch his watch, you know, for, for all I know. And uh, by the way, Brian joined us. He's um, he's in the chat room on uh, Rumble. So, uh, hey, Brian, <laughs> it's good to see you here. And thanks for the compliment about the show, Brian. It's great. Um Okay, so uh, let's see. That leaves us uh, with two videos to go. Okay, and then uh, some reading. So, okay, here we go. This is uh, going to talk about how Obama really started messing things up when he was in office. Okay, and um, well, you'll see. Okay, here we go. Did you see any evidence of U.S. involvement? Did you feel their uh, presence from the U.S.? Очень частыми гостями были представители Соединенных Штатов, конгрессмены, были госпожа Нуланд приезжала очень часто, у нас были с ней дискуссии. Но после этих дискуссий она шла на Майдан и поддерживала протестующих. И обвиняла правоохранительные органы, применялась чрезмерно сила. На самом деле эти все месседжи мы видели на Майдане. Well, members of Congress were visiting Ukraine during that period, most famously Congressman John McCain. So some of the people who were uh, challenging their government, their elected government at that point, were, were being told by a senior U.S. official, a person who ran for president and a top official in the U.S. Congress, that the U.S. was with them. I'm Senator John McCain, and it's always a pleasure to be back in Ukraine. Senator McCain was, uh, in, in a sense, giving the people in the Maiden a feeling that they had the, the backing of the most powerful country on earth. This is about the future you want for your country. This is about the future you deserve. Делегации много приезжало. Я говорил, что нельзя нельзя говорить, во-первых, неправду. Нельзя становиться на сторону митингующих и отстаивать их права создавая тем самым и углубляя конфликт. 
Когда митингующие захватывают правительственные здания и учреждения, скажите, допустимо ли это в любой другой стране, например, чтобы посол Украины пришел к митингующим в Фергюсоне и раздавал там пряники или пирожки и обвинял полицейских Соединенных Штатов Америки? Я считаю, что это недопустимо ни в одной европейской стране. А почему к Украине было такое отношение? Я постоянно имел контакт с Вадимом Байденом, вице-президентом. У меня были частые с ним телефонные переговоры. Но дело в том, что господин Байден говорил одно, а в Украине делали другое. Посол Соединенных Штатов в Украине постоянно принимал представителей Майдана у себя в посольстве. Мы это очень хорошо знали, мы это отслеживали. И создавалось такое впечатление, что в посольстве Соединенных Штатов существует штаб, который управляет этим процессом. In early February of 2014, as the Maiden crisis was getting more violent, there was a phone call that was intercepted. It was a call between the Assistant Secretary of State for European Affairs, Victoria Nuland, and the U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt. Questions of credibility are being raised after a private chat between two top U.S. diplomats was leaked online. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yats and Yuk. It's just not going to work. Yeah, no, it, I, think that's, you know? I think that's right. Okay. Good. Well, do you want us to try to set up a call with him as the next step? Sullivan's come back to me, uh, VFR, saying you need Biden, and I said probably tomorrow for an attaboy and to get the deets to stick. So okay. Biden's willing. So you had this remarkable phone call where you have these two senior officials of the U.S. government apparently talking about a coup or how they were planning to restructure the government of Ukraine. I'm telling you, folks, the more I watch this... <laughs> Um, so you see Biden was involved in Ukraine. Well, we know that, right? Uh, before he was ever elected and while he was the vice president of the United States. Um, you've heard the story probably about the, um, the attorney general in Ukraine that was trying to find, uh, uh, investigate one of the officials in Ukraine. And um, so Joe Biden uh, got a call or called him and said, you know, uh, <laughs> You guys, actually, they, I think Joe Biden was over there when this happened. He said, you know, have you fired a guy yet? And I said, no, we haven't. He says, well, you don't see the money, or I think it was like a billion dollars. I can't remember. You don't see the money until he's fired. In other words, this guy could investigate and find out that Joe Biden was, was guilty of a bunch of stuff in Ukraine because he was dealing with this other guy. And uh, <laughs> there you got it. There you got it. The mafia in New Jersey and New York, when they did such things, they went to prison. But uh, when a government official, especially a wasp from, uh, well, he's not a Protestant, so I can't say that, but um, especially somebody of um, the elite, let's put it that way, uh, tries to do something, you know, it's, 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 he's given uh, everybody's blessings to go ahead and do it. Just don't uh, get caught, you know? 
And if you get caught, we'll we'll get you out of it somehow. Our press will back us up, and you know, the whole nine yards. So it's uh, the corruption goes all the way up, folks, all the way to the top, and even past the top, of course, because these people are just puppets um, that are, that take their orders from uh, the super elites. Uh, the uh, not just the Bilderbergers and everything else, but uh, also the um, the Brotherhood of Light. So um, anyway. We have one more video to go. It's a short one. It's about a Russian soldier testifying that he uh, he found some stuff. Um, well, we'll see. Hold on a sec. Group, right? Собирала детей по изюму, маленьких от трех до шести до семи лет, и привозила именно вот в этот пункт. Там их раздевали на первом этаже, а на втором, на втором их раздевали. Как ненужный материал, их просто хранили там в ямах или, или куда они вывозили. Well, folks, since there's, there's subtitles and we can't see them, uh, I promise you, I'm never going to download the, the one video with the uh, that we saw earlier and this one are both uh, reels from Facebook and for some reason they don't they don't shrink down when you uh, when you go to watch them so anyway what this guy was saying was uh, an encapsulated version here is that uh, he ran across the um, bodies of uh, young people that were basically just uh, murdered and thrown into a ditch and uh, and they were small children too they were weren't even teenagers they were uh, I guess 12 or 11 and below and uh you can tell this guy is visually bothered by it you know and any 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 man that has children or has uh, has nephews and nieces or anything else would be bothered by this and even people that don't have any kids or you know it's just people that uh, have a good conscience and a good heart um find this abhorring and uh if you don't then uh you got bigger problems than uh, my words have to say. So anyway, folks, let's uh, let's get to this here. Um, there's an article on something called VT, and I don't know what VT stands for, but it's uh, oh, it's VeteransToday.com. Okay, here we go. And the article is titled "Vladimir Putin to George Soros: Thank God We Kicked You Out of Russia." All right. Jim W. Dean says that George Soros is obviously the man who refuses to die and join his victims. Uh, Vladimir Putin would almost certainly agree with that statement. Or Russia kicked out Soros on the, out of the country. Um, okay. Russia kicked Soros out of the country last year for good reasons. Um, that it was Soros that helped ruin Russia, ruin the Russian and Polish economy in the early 1990s. Like the great white uh, shark who can forcibly copulate with females, Soros moves around and looks for his prey virtually everywhere. Matt um, Taby of the Rolling Stones said that said of, of Goldman Sachs six years ago, the first thing you need to know about Goldman Sachs is that it's everywhere. Um, the world's most pow powerful investment bank is, is a great vampire squid wrapped around the face of humanity, relentless, jamming its blood funnel 
into anything that smells like money. In fact, the history of the recent financial crisis, which doubles as a history of a rapid decline and fall of a suddenly swindled by dry American empire, uh, reads like a who's who of Goldman Sachs graduates. Um, obviously, Soros wants to be like Goldman Sachs. Uh, Phil Butler put it well when he says, George Soros has a finger in every political pie that there is. If there's a crisis in our world, it's it's safe to bet that he's on hand to handle it. He takes crises, these folks, or crises, and um, and basically bets uh, for or against different people, and or takes over economies, and takes over banks in a country, and um, he's ruined a whole bunch of countries. And I got a feeling the United States is next. Um, that's why Soros seems to think that he's invincible. He thinks he can move the political and economic planet into a few blinks of an eye, and no one will tell him to stop. In fact, he writes books such as The Alchemy of Finance. Soros thinks he can kill political stability throughout Europe and indeed in America with no challenge. Soros is certainly old, but he doesn't want to be obsolete. His organization has recently been caught conducting covert operations designed to destabilize Russia. He is an interesting, here is an interesting quote from the leak files of Soros Open Society Foundation. Quote, our inclination is to engage in activities with the, with the actors that will understand and counter, counter Russian support to involvements defending traditional values. Naming and shaming us for is a problematic, excuse me, name and shaming from us is problematic. Uh, we are also in the business of channeling money into other countries for political purposes. Folks, when you see the white buses pull up outside of, of some crisis that's going on in a city and, and you find out that um, Antifa was there or somebody else, you know, you can pretty well be assured that George Soros had something to do with it. Okay, let me continue. Now we're, t- now we're talking. Now we're seeing Soros' true colors. All that talk about helping so-called Syrian refugees, about rescuing Ukrainians about so-called civil rights, about bringing democracy in Russia was a smokescreen. According to Butler, that, that is all Soros' own infection. Soros wanted to bring down Russian traditional families. He wanted to turn Russia into a zoo. But he had to use terms such as democracy to deceive the masses. So when Soros wrote last February that Putin is a bigger threat to Europe's existence than ISIS, he was marshalling his own di- diabolical plan, which arguably is consistent or congruent with what the Khazarian Mafia and their lackeys uh, have been doing over the centuries. Let me just stop there. Um, this is a Khazarian Mafia is a code word for Zionists, and um, we've had radio shows talking about this. The uh, Zionists, there's two different kinds of Zionists, folks. There's the political Zionists that uh, can be of any race, creed, or color. Um, and they're the ones that are trying to take over the world. And then there's the Zionists, like some Christians are, and uh, some a lot of Jews are, where we just want to have a homeland in, in Israel, you know. Um, and uh, But a lot of times they get lumped in together, and uh, then you get the Nazis coming out and going after. Uh, it's just a mess. Anyway, <clears throat> okay, let's see. Uh, in fact, the, the neoconservatives like no, uh, Noah Rothman of Commentary continue to, continue to, sing, continue to sing to 
ideological tune that Russia is not your friend. Listen to Soros very carefully here. Okay. Quote, the leaders of the U.S. and the EU are making a grievous error in thinking that President Vladimir Putin's Russia is potentially an ally in fighting against Islamic State. Uh, the evidence contradicts them. Putin's aim is to foster the EU's disintegration, and best way to do it is to flood Europe with Syrian refugees. Russian planes have been bombing the civilian population in southern Syria, forcing them to flee to Jordan or, or Lebanon. Uh, there are now 20,000 ref uh, Syrian refugees camped out in the desert awaiting admission to Jordan. <clears throat> What was the evidence that Russia's planes, this is uh, end quote, by the way, <laughs> what was uh, the evidence of Russian planes were deliberately bombing the civilian population? Well, the evidence could be found in George Soros himself. Whatever comes out of his mouth is the truth. Uh, no matter, uh, the, the further investigation is needed, supposedly. No rigorous testing is required. Soros is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And if evidence... Uh, points to another direction, then the evidence must be rejected, not Soros's words. Um, in, Ru in Russia, excuse me, if Russia is still obliterating ISIS in Syria, then the f information is false because Soros did not approve it. Soros has obviously been making a fool out of himself, and he seems to realize that he is more vulnerable than ever before because he's not acting according to the dictates of practical reason. In that sense, he is anti-reason. He aspires to fulfill the ideological dogmas and disregard the truth at any cost. It is probable... It, is probably true that Soros has been against the Israeli regime. Notice how you call it a regime. This article is definitely slanted towards the Nazis. <laughs> um, it is probable that uh, Soros has been against Israeli regime, but what he gives on one hand, he takes from takes from the other. It says on paper that he is against the Israeli regime, but it's been reported that Soros supported organizations which sought to remove Assad from power. We have to keep in mind, again, that the Israeli regime wanted to kick Assad out of, since the beginning of the Syrian war. So whether Soros liked it or not, he is indirectly supporting Israel's crimes. Here we go again by supporting organizations which sought, which sought to oust Assad. If Soros really had, uh, had aspired to do some good, he would have framed uh, the political, oh, how's that word? Welton Schwang upon reason, uh, not upon wicked ideologies, which ended up ruining one country after another. As we have indicated elsewhere, George Soros proves himself to be an agent of the New World Order by going after Russia, the very country that has been obliterating ISIS in Syria. ISIS has been using chemical weapons in the region, and no one, not even Soros, has said a word about this. Russia obviously has had enough of this man and eventually forbade him to enter the country. They eventually called him uh, and his subversive uh, organization a threat to Russian national security. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban said similar things. Um, F. William Engdahl argued the la last January that George Soros, the hedge fund speculator turned self-proclaimed philanthropist, and his tax-exempt foundations are an integral part 
of that preemptive war machine. He is obviously right. Thank God Russia thank God Russia was more than willing to kick Soros out of the country. Thank God Putin will be was a willing was willing to act. Thank God for Russia, which is still shaking the very foundation of the new world order and political Satanism. So see even <laughs> just the regular writer can see that what's going on, folks. It's uh it's the New World Order and it's Satanism that's uh is causing all the problems. Not the Russians. Okay. Alright, so we've read that. Let's get rid of that. Okay. Okay, now George Soros, uh this is from Natural News, by the way. Uh George Soros, Russia's defeat in Ukraine would signal the end of the Russian Empire. Ooh. It's funny, you know, to watch these guys swinging at each other. Uh, this was published Friday, February 24, 2023 by Kevin Hughes. The tags in this article are China, Collapse, Color Revolution, Conspiracy, Destabilization, George Soros, Globalism, Global Elites, Medical Tyranny, National Security, Russia, Russia-Ukraine, oh, Russia-Ukraine War, excuse me, uh, Russian Empire, Vladimir Putin, Xi Ping, and Zero COVID Policy. Okay. Again, George Soros uh, says Russia's defeat in Ukraine would signal the end to the Russian Empire. Okay, Russia's defeat in the war with Ukraine would signal the collapse of Russian Empire, according to Hungarian globalist George Soros. Soros made the remark during a February 16th Munich Security Conference held in Germany, adding that such a defeat would be accepted by countries formerly part of the Soviet Union. The Russian-Ukrainian uh, war that uh, commenced on f in February of last year has brought about one of the bloodiest uh, European conflicts since World War II, alongside the greatest standoff between Moscow and the West since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. The countries of the former Soviet Union can hardly wait for the Russian defeat, Russian defeat in Ukraine because they want to assert their independence. This means that Ukrainian victory would result in the dissolution of the Russian Empire, Soros said. Uh, Russia would uh, no longer pose a threat to Europe and the world. That would be a big change for the better. Man, what a jackass. Okay. Following the 1991 uh, disintegration of the Soviet Union, formerly the U Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, it broke into 15 independent countries. Russia is the biggest and most powerful of them. He disclosed that even though the U.S. would back Ukraine, U.S. President Joe Biden had cautioned Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky that World War III had to be prevented. But as the past months have shown, Zelensky has been demanding more weapons from the West to arm troops in Ukraine to fight with the Russians. Okay. Despite the Russian army being poorly ill-equipped and demoralized, Soros commented that the Russian president, Vladimir uh, Putin, had depended on the Wagner mercenary group to battle Ukrainian forces in certain regions of D Donbass. Um, Donbass, okay. Uh, Putin's reliance on the mercenary group established by Evgeny um, Pogzin appeared to have been successful in the short term. The gamble worked. Ukraine faced strategic choice either by either getting bogged down and holding Wagner at bay 
or hand Russia propaganda a victory and preserve its limited resources um, for counterattack, the, the globalists continued. Soros brands uh, Ping, Putin and Ping and Ping as his dictators. <laughs> That's the pot calling a kettle black again. Um, the Hungarian-born Soros, who specialized in overthrowing elected leaders in so-called color revolutions, branded both Putin and, and Chinese paramount leader Xi Ping as dictators in charge of nations that represent the biggest threat to open society. They are tied together in an alliance uh, that has no limits, said the globalists. They also have a lot in common. They rule by intimidation, and as a consequence, they make mind-boggling mistakes. Moreover, Soros mentioned Beijing has strengthened its relationship with Moscow, even as almost all of the West has severed ties with Russia. Soros blasted um, Z's zero COVID strategy, saying that it weakened trust in the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, the, the tyrannical uh, policy to curb the spread of Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 ended after the nationwide protests rocked the communist nation. Z is sticking to a zero COVID policy that can't possibly be sustained, he commented. In short, term, uh, Z is likely to remain in power because he is in firm control of the instruments of repression, but I am convinced that Z will not remain in power for life. Uh, while he is in office, China will be will not become a dominant military and political force that Z is aiming for. Okay. That's it, folks. That's that article. So Soros is opening his big mouth again, and he's, you know, He's um, speculating, which is what he does. He speculates. But, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But um, anyway, so you can see that everybody's Soros is out to destroy Russia. Uh, Putin's out to destroy Russia. Not Putin, sorry. Biden is out to destroy Russia. And uh, you, so you can tell that Biden's working with Soros and probably a lot of other elites that are that are um, have their bets in that Russia's going to fold because of this. And I don't think it's going to. I think that uh, um, especially if Trump gets back in office, then uh, there might be a, a sweeping of this uh, political rug, so to speak. And uh, I don't know. Well, we'll see. We shall see. Okay. I think I've got one more to go. Okay. If it'll come up. I better not be losing the internet. Uh-oh, folks. This is not good news. Well, either this site went off or something's going on, so... If there's anybody out there, can you hear me? Brian. Yeah, Brian's not here anymore, I don't think. So, okay, let me let me conduct the test, folks. Okay, and see if uh, if I can get another site up. Okay, so we've still got internet. Blinking, and now it's not. Okay. Well, hopefully we've we, you've uh, we've been together all this time, folks. I 
hopefully you're still there <laughs> but um <clears throat> may have lost the internet for a minute but uh hopefully we're back and um we must be because i'm still live on those two channels okay anyway for some reason this does not want to come up folks it's a really good article too let's see okay let me let me try one more thing folks okay let's see here we go okay let's see if that works okay Let's see if this this comes up. Ay 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 ay. Okay, hold on a second. I just found a fishing site by accident. Um, let's see. Fact check. Okay. Russia opens criminal case. Okay. Oh, this is an Australian um, news source. Let's see how this works. Bodies of children in mass graves as defiant Maripol says Putin will pay. Putin will pay? Uh, this is not what I'm looking for. Anyway, I can kind of encapsulate it because I read it, folks. It's, um, Putin and his soldiers have uh, come across some mass graves. Uh, some of them were closed. Some of them are still open, uh, which had bodies of um, children in them. And he also found... Um, uh, there was a place, I can't remember where it was, but uh, it's like a warehouse, uh, an old abandoned warehouse, uh, where the uh, the deep state had been actually um, taking these children to, I guess, before farming them out to different places. And um, so I guess when they, they investigated the area, that's when they found the, the graves. But they also found rooms with children that were burned alive, uh, burned to death alive. And... Um, so this this is what Nazis do. This is what uh, a lot of the Ukrainians are doing, and they don't care. They just don't care. And I, I remind you of the uh, the video of the uh, the Ukrainian gal that said that uh, they're fighting for the new world order. So, and that's one of the ministers that was in the Ukrainian Ukrainian parliament. So it's like you get it right from the horse's mouth, right? So. Well, that kind of ended things pretty quick there, and it's still not coming up, so I'm just going to get rid of it. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, folks, um, so there you have it. There's a lot of uh, misdeeds going on by the uh, Ukrainians, and so it makes you wonder, who's the bad guy in all this, you know? I mean, if um, the real reason that Putin's going in there is to fight the New World Order or fight the deep state, um, and he's uh, trying to rescue children that are being um, sold and uses sexual objects and he's trying to destroy biolabs that uh, the West has been setting up. Now, folks, it, you, you heard in a video, it said that it's against the world law to, uh, to build those places anymore, okay? And uh, so, it, so since it's against the law, especially in the United States and Western Europe, um, 
the, the deep state is look for places, especially, I think it's their U.S. military labs, um, but their deep state. And um, they've looked for places where they can make these labs where they won't get in as much trouble if they get in any trouble at all. So I have no doubt that the Ukrainians said, hey, build them here, you know. Uh, we want to be part of NATO. We'll do anything we can to kiss your rear end so that you'll make us part of NATO. You know, and uh, so hence we have the uh, Ukrainian bio labs and, and the children being sold off there for sexual objects and, and for slavery. And um, I've no doubt that there's human, uh, not human, but um, adult slavery going on there too. Um, probably women and um, I don't know, maybe boys too or young men. And... Um, because that's what those people like, you know. But um, anyway, so, you know, why did Putin go in there? Well, now you have your answer. Destroy biolabs, stop um, the trading of young children, many of whom were Russian and were abducted from the, the territories in, in Western Russia, and um, and to fight the, uh, the New World Order and the, um, the deep state, which uh, we should be doing. And uh, we were doing when Trump was in office, uh, but the deep state got him out of there uh, through lying and cheating, because that's what they do best, you know. And uh, I think the only solution now, listen to me, okay? please don't turn this off. Um, You know, I've heard rumors for the last five, six years that um, what's going to happen is, uh, well, if Trump would have been reelected, then this this all this stuff wouldn't be happening. Even Putin said that you know he wouldn't have he would have thought twice about going into Ukraine. But uh, I think he if Trump would have let him do it anyway. But um, anyway, uh, if um, if Trump had been in office, that a lot of this stuff would have happened. We wouldn't have left billions of dollars of um, military equipment in Afghanistan. Uh, to arm our enemies, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, it's, I, I just, I'm at a loss for words to describe this current administration. You know, the word traitor just doesn't work anymore. Uh, abomination is not a strong enough word, and I just wish I could find a word that's strong enough to describe these people. Um, but, um, yeah, the only way I could see all of this coming to an end or, you know, a fight going on at least to, to stop it in this country anyway, would be if um, all the, what the uh, QAnon people are saying um, that uh, Trump's going to come back and that he's going to, you know, arrest all these people like uh, Biden and his administration and all, and maybe a bunch of people in Congress and in the Senate who are basically communist traitors. Um, you know, to get them out of the country and then start fresh all over again to try to rebuild things and and rebuild our reputation around the world and and rebuild our economy and uh, and start up uh, our our money under a, a gold standard again and stuff like that. That is the only way I could see it happening. Um, if it doesn't happen, then uh, then we're done for. <laughs> we are. Um, unless some miracle man comes into play around and starts um, starts fixing things but uh, anyway I don't know I'm starting to babble now which means I'm probably getting tired so uh, what I'm going to do folks is I'm going to end it here but I, I hope that you've 
got something from the movies or the videos, um, and that you see that uh, the Russians aren't the bad guys here necessarily. That the Ukrainians are, or the government, I should say, and Ukraine is 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 wicked beyond all imagination. And now, now that little jerk uh, Zelensky is uh, demanding that we give him more money, demanding and saying that you and I, who are protesting against it and saying, you know, why don't we take care of our own first? That if we don't give him money, then the world's going to go to hell. You know, with uh, <laughs> the the little guy's got a little, he's got a problem. You know, I don't, he's got little guy syndrome or something like that, but. Um, Folks, it's uh, something's got to be done soon, and if it's not, then we we start a one world order and we start a revelation or a tribulation, and uh, then the man of sin comes and uh, really starts messing the world up, and uh, then a lot of people die. You think COVID was bad? When that guy comes around, people are going to die in droves. You know, it's uh, it's a sad thing, and I really don't want to see it, but. Um, I guess it is what it is. So, um, with that note, um, let's let's just remember to keep in prayer about things. You know, um, that really is the only answer. <laughs> Yeshua is the only answer, but Yeshua can work through people, and uh, he works best through people. And this thing is blurry again. I don't know why. Um, but folks, uh, yeah, let's keep in prayer. Let's keep. Um, Asking Yahweh to intervene and to to end this madness, to maybe uh, remove George George Soros and uh, all the uh, the elites and and send them to where they belong, uh, which is the down elevator. And uh, they can have all the power they want down there. I don't care, <laughs> you know. But they're going to be slaves just like everybody else. Uh, Satan uses people like that and. And they just don't realize that uh, he uses people and uh, for all he can get out of them, then he dumps them. So any power they have here, they will not have in hell. Uh, they'll just be uh, slaves like every other human that was that ever went to hell. So um, that's that's their lot. You know, they were born to perdition. They were born to be bad. So um, Yeshua died for everybody, and and he died for everybody, but. There's just some people that are born to perdition, and they, they cannot be saved, okay? They cannot and will not be saved. Uh, Hitler was one of them. Uh, Zelensky's probably one of them. Um, all the the higher-ups, the Soroses and the uh, the Rockefellers and the um, uh, all those families, you know, it's... It's going to be a sad day when uh, the Great Judgment comes and uh, they're thrown into the lake of fire. Well, sad for them because, I don't know, it's just, it will be a little bit sad. But um, anyway, I'm starting to babble again. So, folks, hey, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to rise on, on, on you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and your coming in, your rising up and your lying down. May he grant you peace that passes all understanding. And another thing I want to do, if I if I may, I think I'm going to end the show by reading a psalm every once in a while. All right. So let's let's start out with a fav our favorite, okay. And uh, I'm going to go back to the King James version for this. All right. And I'm going to go back here, here, here. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Let's see. 
long, 20, not 23, not 32. Okay. This is always a good one, folks, and uh, especially when you're feeling down or you feel overcome or or that uh, the world's against you, and if you're a believer, the world's against us. Okay, it's a Psalm of David. It's the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures and leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He lead me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows, or runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You go, folks. It might be a little hard in the next few years, but... You know, even if you're 90 years old when you die, <clears throat> it's nothing compared to eternity where there is no time. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's hard to fathom. I tried doing that one time. Um, I, I conducted a little experiment. I, I happened to um, take the BART train from, uh, from Walnut Creek or, you know, Concord, California, over to San Francisco. And I decided just to walk up and down Market Street and look at the shops and everything there. And um, and to go up to, uh, there was one street there that had a lot of electronic shops. I used to love to go up there. Um, but anyway, I went to this one shop that had a bunch of TVs. And it's back when, you know, the cathode ray tube TVs. And uh, some of you might not even know what I'm talking about. But the old-fashioned TVs. And there was probably 4, 8, 12, about 20 maybe TVs, maybe more. Uh, they were like five across and uh, four down, or four across and five down, I can't remember. And so I decided to go in there and set everyone to a different channel. I actually felt led to do that, so I did. Uh, there weren't that many channels, so some of them were duplicates. But um, So anyway, I came back out, and I was looking in through the window at the TVs. And I heard a voice tell me, look at one TV. And I did, and he goes, you can pretty well understand what's going on there. Yeah, that's... One TV, it's got my total attention. He goes, now try to watch two at the same time. That could be done. Okay. I mean, you have to really dart back and forth and listen to every word, but it's not impossible. And then, you know, it was three and four, and it was getting increasingly harder. He goes, now look at all the TVs at the same time. And I looked at all the TVs, and my mind just went kind of uh, haywire. It's short-circuited. And... Um, and I heard a voice say, yeah, your mind did that with 20 TVs. He says, I'd look at, well, back then it was like six and a half billion TVs every day. And every minute of every day. And that just totally turned my brain off. And which is not a good thing when you're standing outside a store in Market Street, San Francisco. Um, I, I, my, my presence came back to me after a minute or two and and I walked away. And uh, so then I was on the BART on the way back to Concord. And, uh, well, yeah, it was, it was, I had to stop, and there was a transfer station in Oakland, but you just stayed on the train to Concord. And um, and uh, I started uh, to think about eternity, you know, and, you know, about how the, the years, how, the, you know, back then I was probably, what, maybe 25, 30 and I was thinking about the years I had lived and, you know, okay, so I'm 30 and I'll probably live another 30 or 40 or 50 maybe. And and that'll be it. 
you know and then i'm like looking at the linear timeline and all of a sudden i switched over to non-linear and it was like my mind shut off again because i couldn't fathom eternal life and i don't think any of us can truly fathom it but i tried to like an idiot and uh then my mind just kind of went went blank again and that was my day of of kind of understanding um outside of time and space and and uh and yahweh's omnipresence and uh, omniscience and uh it just blew my mind so if in this body we can't understand that stuff but when we get to heaven we're going to be able to understand all that stuff which is really neat <laughs> so uh if you're going through troubles hang on okay pray a lot um read your scriptures read your bible and, uh, and ask Yahweh to show you what scriptures he wants you to read because he can do that and he will do that and and that'll help you out okay and, and don't forget to pray all the time I said that I know but I can't emphasize prayer enough and um, and then if you can find some believers you know they're not easy to find these days because people that say they're believers actually aren't so you got to really shop around but um, or, you know, if you feel led, go to a church, you know. Um, but, you know, again, you got to shop around, okay? Um, and uh, just know that this misery we're living in, this, this Paul called the body of prison, uh, this prison that our soul and our spirit in, inhabit, is just a temporary thing, and, but Yahweh's prepared an eternal one for us. We get a new body, okay, and that's that's really neat too. Um, and that body, if you got medical problems, forget it; they're 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 gone with that new body. And if you have, uh, I with me, I can know, man. I just want to eat and not put on weight, okay. <laughs> that's what I want to do: eat and not put on weight, which would be really nice. And uh, and then other functions that our body does that sometimes can be um, overbearing. You know we won't have those things anymore either and we'll 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 really aside from having a spiritual freedom we'll also have a freedom of not having this mortal body that we have right now don't get me wrong i i like it because it's what i've got and that's what i was given but when i have to give it up and get a new one that's going to be even better so anyway folks i'm gonna i digress i do i digress a lot as you know so I'm going to bid you a fair, fair ado and say, hey, um, God bless you. And uh, we'll be back uh, on Monday night with another show and then um, on Thursday. And uh, Thursday may be a morning show, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but I'll let you know. I'll let everybody know ahead of time. I'll just uh, post it. And uh, I think that when I do it this way, it lets people know that uh, we'll be on early so or at a different time or whatever. So, folks... Um, Again, Yahweh bless you, and have a wonderful Sunday tomorrow and a wonderful Monday during the day, okay? Hey, Opposing the Matrix loves you. Oh, by the way, if you have any spare chains laying around, uh, please go to um, Give, Send, Go, and help this ministry or this, this show, this radio broadcast, to, to keep going, okay? Um, we have one person that donates, and God bless her. Um yeah thank you thank you for for donating sorry i might had a brain fart um 
But anyway, um, we could use some more help. Uh, this whole thing is going to have to be paid for uh, next month by the 11th, uh, March 11th. So I have to get some money together, which is an easy thing to do on uh, fixed income. So anyway, um, givesendgo.com and look for opposing underscore the underscore matrix. And uh, that's where we are. And uh, but we we do this mostly for free and uh, have for many years and uh, want to continue to do that. Uh, and we will with a little bit of help. So thank you so much. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. And uh, I'm really going to sign off this time. Okay. <laughs> okay. God bless. Yahweh bless you.